I'm John. And I'm Jason. And this is Digital Divination on the No Direction Network. back for episode 101 of digital divination um, that's not in binary right n- no Could what be. would that mean what's one five wait yeah. yes five <laughs> yeah I to, I, i'm ashamed i had to think about that <laughs> well so we only have 99 episodes to get to that next threshold of 200 all right okay thinking ahead <laughs> That's right. No, no. We, we've been doing the count forever. It's funny. Um, for the 100th episode, um, Ryan kind of puts a little blurb when he sends it out on uh, social media and stuff. One of the things he said is after talking about, you know, how long it's until it reaches 100, they finally get there and they talk about it. So, because no. <laughs> that's what we talked about last time. Uh, Jason, I don't, you weren't around. Did you? No, I, you, I missed out, sadly. I missed out on the 100th episode. And, did you listen uh, to it, though? Amazing. You know what? I didn't even think about listening. We, oh, we talked about how much we missed you. you and how awesome oh, the guy you were, and thank how you. really we maybe we should record this as the hundred now, just since you're here. Okay, what? fair enough. And okay, we'll, we'll flip them. No, I, I've been I've been pretty busy thinking yeah. about you know a lot of life stuff, so uh, I uh, didn't get a chance to listen. And but I should I should listen to because I want I was very excited about the idea of the one hundred yeah. episode re- leading up to it, and I had some thoughts about like fun fun things we could do, but like then I just couldn't. Okay, well, well, that's your homework, and then you got to provide us right. feedback on how we can improve it for for the two hundredth. Sure, I'll I'll I have plenty of time to listen to it. Then I've got the good ninety nine episodes to get you that feedback. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, yes, yeah, we'll get great. There. All right, before we Easy. get going, um, there's some sort of disclaimer that usually gets that's said, right. Like, I am an employee of Wizards of the Coast, and my opinions are my own and not theirs. Thank yeah. you. I, I don't think we've missed that disclaimer yet, so I think we're. Well, I'm not supposed to, right? Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. I'm just, I actually put a written disclaimer on it as well when you're when you're there. Um, yeah, if we've said it. I don't know if you've got it in writing. I don't know that we need both. But the last thing I want is anybody saying you're treading that line too close, Ron. You can't be on digital divination anymore. I'm like, oh, oh it's, yeah. yeah. It's only when it gets posted on to the No Direction Network that I do that. On the YouTube channel, I don't think I put it that in there because I know you're. Saying I don't it. think it is. Where else? Where else is this? We're not on any podcasts. Where can people find us, John? Well, <laughs> well your favorite podcatcher is is going to get okay. it. Just No Direction has a feed, and um, we're part of the No Direction feed. You can also subscribe individually if you want to this on the No Direction website. You can kind of just select this one rather than get all of their feeds, and then obviously our, our YouTube channel. Um, which to get the easy way to get to it is to go to gamingdivination.com. So I didn't want to call it digital divination because I do other stuff on it, but it's gamingdivination.com. It's how you get to the YouTube. And uh, I guess I could put the disclaimer on the YouTube. I don't know that I have. Do you want me to do that? No, I don't know. I mean, I say it every time before we start the way that, the way that I get them when I, the way I listen to episodes when I'm not on because Jason, I do that is, um, (laughs) Uh, it's just because I've listened to them a couple of times. They're just always near the, whenever a new one comes out, it just kicks to the top of my YouTube feed. Yeah. 
So I don't even have to do any work or subscribe to anything. It just kind of happens. But the other day I was talking to um, somebody at a function. She was saying, oh, my, you know, my husband and my daughter love listening to this actual play podcast. And I'm like, you know, I'm in an actual play podcast. (laughs) It's called Intrepid Heroes. And she's like, oh, let me see if I could find that. And then proceeded to not be able to find it on a Hmm. couple of different places until I asked her to look at the no direction network and she found it. Yeah. That's I used to, before we joined no direction, even sometime afterwards, I was posting them individually and they were getting caught up, uh, caught by, you know, Apple podcast and everything else like that. But one reason why I wanted to join no direction is I didn't want to do that stuff anymore. (laughs) Sure. So, um, for, this week, uh, it's been a couple couple weeks. Uh, how are things going, both of you guys? Uh, I'll go. I'll start. Um, sure. Good. I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, to talk about like a little bit about it, like I might be moving, uh, not super far uh, though, in the near future. And then this past weekend, I was down in the place where we might move to, and just hmm. checking out the neighborhoods. And checking out some places, uh, gotten you know inside. We um, stayed at an Airbnb, and then we were looking up some local rentals. And there was, <laughs> it was one literally the next building over. Wow! Um, from the Airbnb, nice. from the Airbnb, which we hadn't known before we got that Airbnb, and we just sort of like we're scrolling through some new stuff, and uh, you know, going through like Zillow and and, and Redfin and stuff like that. Um, and it was just like, hmm, wait, this number is it's the same street we're on. And the number is like two or four different. And I was like, I'm going to go outside and just take a look at it. Um, and uh, it was uh, raining. And so I was like, I was trudging out there. And I was like, walked in them with like, wait, that is literally the next building over. Even though it was like four numbers difference. It was, it was, it was a little bit wild. So I look, looked at it from the outside. We didn't get a, a, a tour to, uh, time enough to get a, a tour through it, but looked at it from the outside. Like, okay. Well, I like the street. The neighborhood's kind of nice. We should look at this one. Yeah, that's a lot if, of work. You, funny. Yeah. But if you get that one and people want to come visit you, they're like, oh, I'd like to come visit. Is there an Airbnb nearby? You could be like, oh, boy, is, <laughs> is there? there? Is there? Very convenient. Um, very convenient. Very convenient. Yeah. Very right next door. Um, literally, basically, like, essentially two units between the two spaces, um, uh, but but essentially the same, the building next door, which is kind of crazy. So everyone yeah, will know when Jason moves mm-hmm. because his background will be different. That's true. I might have a different uh, area. We also saw this place, and I got a, it was a house that we, it was for rent. And I gotta uh, bring this up because it was a, a, kind of an older house. Um, had a fun little like carport with a. You see this garage door. We're like, oh, it must have a garage. And we kind of we, we we this is when we got to give ourselves a self tour. We walked around inside, and it's kind of old, you know, uh, cabinets and kind of a but new carpet and, and and stuff like that. But we you go into this one, you go into the one bedroom. It was like a three bedroom place. So you go into the one bedroom, and it's like, oh, that's interesting. There's another door, but let me go into this, open that door and lead a couple steps down into the third bedroom, which also had a door to the outside directly in it. Oh. Um, it was this sort of weird sunken, you know, it was, it was yeah. steps down. So it was, it was, it was a little bit down and it was just like, oh, this is, this is weird. Mom, this would be a great place for an office or in a gaming room. And I, I kind of fell in love with it a little bit. Um, the place didn't have a dishwasher, so it's probably no go. But then like, as we were leaving, I was thinking, it's like, oh, I should, oh, we look in the garage. Wait a minute. And then go around the side of the room and they're looking at a window. And that's the sunken room. They turned the garage into basically a third oh, room. Right, room. Right, right, right. 
And you can't tell that from the inside. Like sometimes you see these places where like, oh, it's the garage door is <clears throat> just right. there on the wall and you know you're in a garage. I could not, when, if you're in the room, in, in the house, you could not tell it was a garage. Um, no. Wow, very cleverly time. done. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was if well you done. love it though, I tell you, if you love it, it's a good deal. They make portable dishwashers. Yeah, but there wasn't a ton of room and not even in the garage that kind of thing. bedroom. <laughs> no, that would be a, my office. I don't want to have a dishwasher okay. in my house. <laughs> Um, and it's also like the other side of the other side yeah, of the yeah, house yeah, yeah, from yeah. the kitchen. It would. Yeah, I'm just thinking it would have all the plumbing in there, maybe electrical. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I mean, there was a you know laundry room we could attach. Yeah, to the, I don't. But it was. It would have been whatever. But, you, gotta, yeah, you know, we you got to have a dishwasher. I, we um. I don't we throw your dish- dishes in the washer. There you go. That's. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. No, <laughs> all our right. Place, our place on Camino. The first thing we did is put a dishwasher in there. There wasn't a dishwasher in there. Well, so. well, we we have this like get these sort of like eco friendly dishwashing pods uh, that sort of dissolve, right? Um, mm-hmm. And we accidentally uh, we got a got a subscription to them accidentally <laughs> and kind of forgot <laughs> to cancel. So we have like way too many of them right now. Like they, they we don't wash we don't run the dishwasher that much, so they, yeah. they they came more often than we were using them. So we have way too many. We can't throw them out or give them away or anything like that really so we need a place for the dishwasher just to use these pods <laughs> just to fit the pods yeah um, I, don't know. I might be interested in some of those if you're just trying to get rid of them but, yeah. he just we'll said see. he can't give them away john i could, well, get I could pony up a little you know fair trade it's a it, it's a it's a um you know uh, what was i gonna say uh, uh still it's nice it'd be nice to have a dishwasher so yeah yeah no no 100 i'm i'm too old to want to go very long without a dishwasher. Anyway, Ron, what what's up with you? Oh, I had a uh, man. I had the most exciting but long day yesterday. Let me tell you about this. So, my both of my yeah. twins are doing uh, youth basketball, middle school basketball, and my son's team. I took my son to two games yesterday, and his team is objectively terrible. Like they have not, <laughs> they have not won a game in two and a half years. Yeah. Um, and so the first game they played was very typical for them. The score was like fifty to ten. Or something like that, and they do they because they haven't won. They s- kind of celebrate what they have done, right? Yeah. You know, he was proud about the number of rebounds that he got, which was higher than his last several games. Um, so they, you know, they they build up the kids' confidence, even though they don't win points wise. Um, but we were at that early game, and we took a break to get some lunch before we go to the other school that had the other game later in the evening, and we got to that one a little bit early. And they were doing a different game there. And it was with uh, two grades younger for our same school. And I'm asking my son, I'm like, was it, is, is the fifth grade team any good? Right. And I know your seventh, we know your seventh grade team doesn't win, but what about the fifth grade team? He's like, no, they're terrible too. It actually goes bad, good, bad, good (laughs) up. So fifth and seventh are both bad. Um, But we're watching this game. And some of the parents and siblings, I presume, that were there for the other team, every time their kid, anytime their whole kids' team would score, they would just go nuts. They would hmm. shriek, "Go team, yeah, woo!" You know, shout themselves hoarse, uh, get up and like jump around, and they did it a lot because they were playing a team that wasn't very good. And oh. so my son's kind of gesturing over to that. I'm like, "Do you? Do you?" Do you want me to cheer like that for your team? And he's like, I don't know, kind of. I'm like, you got, <laughs> you got it, buddy. So that very next game, I started cheering like, like crazy. Every time 
they did a good pass or got a rebound. I'm like, yeah, because I know all the kids' names, right? I'm like, you know, yeah, go, you know, name of kid, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so I'm just all kinds of getting into it. And some of the parents that are around me are kind of like, I mean, you're at all these games. What's going on? And I explained to them, this is what my son wanted because he saw this earlier game. And so all the par- other parents start joining in too. So we just start, <laughs> we start just just going, you know, jumping around and shouting and giving them all kinds of encouragement. They lost, but they lost 59 to 49. It was the highest scoring game Ooh. they'd ever had. Wow. A lot of the kids had record numbers of, of shots they made. And I mean, they blew all the, it was by any measure, the best game they'd ever played. And they were all really excited that the parents had like, cheered them i'm like is this all it's gonna take for our kids to do a lot better is enthusiasm from the parents (laughs) um and i for the purposes of this part of the story i have to explain that my my twins are black um but apparently one of the kids was on the court was talking to my son and he's like see that guy up in the stands who's just yelling <laughs> and my son's like yeah that's my dad <laughs> and this kid looks looks at my son and looks at me and looks at, i mean he just seems skeptical at least <laughs> but, <laughs> wow. but anyway it was it was great and i did in fact shout myself horse i'm still a mm. little horse still today but it was i mean they celebrated afterward and went and got ice cream it was like the biggest victory I mean, they lost by 10 points, but it was just, they were all so proud. It was great. It was great to see. Nice. Does that mean you guys are going to be doing this every single game now? What's that? Are you going to be doing this every single game now? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, I think we probably can't get flags or anything made, but I can get like (laughs) towels in the team colors to wave. Yeah, this is, yes. This is going to be a usual thing. They're going to have to get right. used to that. How, m- right. how many more games right. left are in this, like the season? I think there's only like ten. Is all? I think still by the by the by this. I think in another couple games, I think they're going to win. They're going to win one, at, at least one. I'd like it. Maybe if I do fa- face paint in the team colors. Oh, and... there you go. Paint your, <laughs> paint your son's number on your face somewhere or on your. That'd be uh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 I'm not going to go that far. Um, my son does get out of stuff. He plays the number 12, but the way they do the numbers, the one looks kind of like a seven. And mm-hmm. one time that I saw a ref record a foul for player number 72. And I'm <laughs> mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm not going to correct that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, cool. What about you, John? Well, uh, weeks. Uh, the biggest thing I've been doing, been going on, I've I've been on this kick, uh, trying to build a digital da- tabletop, and yeah. uh, so I'm slowly kind of figuring stuff out. And so this weekend I was uh, getting images from various APs I'm going to be running and finding a tool that I can use to display them on this thing. I have mm-hmm. a a small 32 inch TV. It's kind of left over from something else, and I thought, oh, this will work. So I bought. Something that'll work is feed on the backside that screwed in the mounting brackets and um, put a I put a cover um, plastic sheet cover I had really thick plastic that used to be you know on Camino that the 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 table we have there Ron oh with, we, it have, used to be over the map yeah yeah so I we replaced the old ones I took the took that one and cut it to fit on the monitor 
um, and inside to protect the screen. And so I thought I had it all set. And then I went to, uh, to test it out. And that plastic is so reflective that oh. there's no way anybody who, oh. who's looking at it could actually see, see the it. map. So I'm, I'm back to ground zero because that the surface eat of those screens, even though they're, they're okay, they do scratch. And I'm afraid yeah. putting minis yeah. or stuff on yeah, there. Yeah. So I'm still, still sorting it out. So I, I thought about bringing it tonight because I'm GMing a, a, a game uh, for Ron and uh, some other folks, uh, Fist of the Ruby Phoenix, and um, which is Pathfinder, not Starfinder. But yeah. um, I, I well, there go all our listeners, John. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> um, but I already have like the the first map is like a massive map, and I had already printed it out anyway. Um, so I thought, well. I'll just I'll try to get this thing set up for all the subsequent maps that will actually fit on a 32 inch screen quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, you know, I just kind of get on a kick for something and just start trying to figure it out. So that's I I want to hear more about your progress with this because in the you know the moving process I've, I'm going to have to like shed some stuff and yes. I was looking at some into a closet earlier and I have so many flip mats. Uh, oh, I got boxes, boxes, so long. boxes of them. Yeah, I have yeah. so boxes, and I'm like, I don't, I'm not really gaming in person. But if I do go game in person, I was like, how many of these do I want to keep? And then I was thinking, well, I should probably do it, go digital if I ever go, yeah, yeah. have gaming in person, get a digital table, and I, then I'll be able to like, I can download these PDFs and and, and make them into uh, maps on a screen or something like that. So yeah, well, uh, so I'm curious nice to hear thing, how it goes. So I want to get some tips for later. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll say a couple since this is digital divination, I'll I'll talk about this a little bit more. Um, the nice thing about going digital is, you know, all if you have the PDFs of all the APs and or play stuff or whatever, those maps are really easy to, to take out of there and use one way yeah. or the other. They're really easy to do. Well, with the yeah. separate P, separate PDF, right? Because they have a, when you download them, there's two PDFs. There's the right. contents of the adventure right. and the separate interactive map PDF where you can turn the grid on and off or yes. secret yeah, doors exactly. on and off. That's Those are super helpful. So it makes it really, really simple to do. Um, and then there's a couple of really easy tools to use and you don't like, this is a, um, just a HD, a 1080, um, monitor. So it's not a 4k, nothing special about it, but it only weighs five pounds. The monitor mm-hmm. itself only weighs five pounds and, uh, you know, to carry it, it's about this yay big. It's, it's not massive. The, yeah. the only thing that I think would be an issue to use it all the time, like for local conventions and, or whatnot is power, right? You gotta oh, be yeah. close enough that you can yeah. get an extension cord for the monitor. You know, I have a laptop, a uh, small 14 inch that has a six to eight hour battery. So that, that would work for, you know, a gaming session, but the monitor doesn't. I actually thought about trying to build that out, but that's like for another, 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 another plateau another, yeah. of involvement. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not even sure. This seems a little small, a 40 inch monitor would actually fit perfect for a the, the usual 24-inch by 36-inch maps. Uh, that would be yeah. – uh, but it's a little big to carry. Yeah. Um, I actually bought a new one to put in my garage. Costco's having a closeout on this display, a certain model they're getting rid of. Oh, and, right, yeah. And uh, I got a 42-inch OLED with built-in fire stick, built-in Bluetooth, everything. It was 125 bucks. And yeah. and that one weighed thirteen pounds. It's still pretty light, but a little bit harder to bring place. But that that's what got me thinking about this. I said, "Oh man, this is so cheap. Maybe I'll buy another one 
because I, I've been thinking about building, maybe I'll buy another one of these. Then I realized I already had this smaller one. So I thought I would right. try that one first. And then if that mm-hmm. works out, then, then decide. So anyway, that, that's been my project that kept me kind of busy through a bunch of the week. Cool. Well, John, I don't want you to think that that uh, clear cover that didn't work for you over the monitor has seen has seen no gaming. I want to assure you that it has, <laughs> because the first time we were up at Camino with my family, yeah. I brought an adventure to run and saw that it had that plastic thing over the yeah. table. So I lifted it up, put the whole flip mat, I think, <laughs> Jason, underneath it, and then laid it I back down. It. And everybody could move their stuff around, and it was yeah. just it was super convenient to be able to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I like, that's one of the things I, I use that plastic cover for is I've actually put it over maps and stuff mm-hmm. that are, that I print so I can actually um, use dry erase and stuff on it. Right, yeah. Right, with like radio, spell effect radii, that's, things like that. Right, right. Oh, so yeah, it works yeah. out pretty well. And that's one reason why I wanted to put a cover on this because I don't want to draw on the actual screen. Screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I found some other solutions. I'll have to, but they, I, they cost money, and I'm trying to do everything on the cheap now to get it figured out. So, anyway, um, speaking of, uh, I guess gaming and gaming aids and doing stuff, uh, we did have a question. We, we actually have a couple questions from some listeners after um, Ron and I mentioned in our hundredth that we need topics for the next ninety nine episodes. Yeah, yeah. And so we've had a couple of people chime in, and uh, one of them is uh, Russell Sinclair, who's actually a pretty active listener and pretty active uh, contributor. He's um, written a couple of um, APIs for Roll20, one called Guidance um, that allows you to import Starship uh, NPC and uh, Monster uh, into right into Roll20 by cut and pasting the stat block either out of um, the PDF for the adventure or just right out of archives. Cut and paste them in there, and he, it, it populates your stat block and makes everything clickable. It's really awesome. It's one reason why I enjoy Roll20. Uh, and he just created something similar for Pathfinder as well. Um, I think he calls it Pathfinder Guidance. Uh, and I think that's what he told me before. Sure. Super helpful if you're doing Roll20. Um, I, I've actually been trying to do stuff in Foundry too. And now I'm tempted just to go with Roll20. Anyway, so he <laughs> he had submitted a question to us a while ago. And then he gave a clarification uh, given the announcement of the Scoured Stars AP, which is coming out here in uh, uh, in a week or so. I got it yeah. already in my uh to be shipped box from Paizo but I haven't haven't received it yet. Okay. Um, so one of, so one of the things he mentioned is that you know imagine that um you're an individual who just purchased uh one of these APs so the Scoured Stars um from your local uh, gaming store um you're already in the middle of running a Starfinder campaign uh but you would be interested in leveraging some of this work that's already been done kind of to enhance the session. Uh what are things that would be easier to pull in from, from an adventure like that? What's a little harder? How, how might you do that? Um, and if you needed, uh, you know, a level range to, to do something, Oh, this is just an example for us. Um, but you know, so one of the things I'll imagine uh, or, or suggest is that what if the thing that you're doing isn't quite at the level that you're currently gaming at, maybe how would you adjust? So it's a good question because I'm I'm like can't like anytime that I'm want to run something that is not already an AP or an adventure, uh, in a, in a system that has a lots of APs and adventures, I'm always like, well, what can I what can I steal from the existing stuff that I'm not gonna run, or I'll look for 
uh, even like third party stuff. I'm like, what kind of adventure can I run? It just makes the prep a little bit easier, and I can then right. you know start with have the baseline and kind of start with it and tweak tweak what I need locations, plots, or whatever. Uh, but yeah, um, it all depends on you know kind of what your campaign home campaign is and how right. you can um uh, you, you like how you can do other things because like, you know you might be in the, you know if you're in the middle of something big you might have to wait hold off and, and wait for like the idea to bring in a, another plot essentially um or you can really get into the nuts and bolts and really tweak the plot of the thing you want to bring in and, and shape it and mold it into the plot of what you're already running right mm-hmm. so there's a lot of ways mm-hmm. to go and and i think you can just how is a is a big is a big question getting into specifics but i think we can kind of talk about some generalities as as we go along here well i think my i absolutely agree i think that uh let me back up and give an answer that's not entirely just a glib answer um what's one of the things that you can do is get more friends and then run it on a different night right that's <laughs> i mean we i've done that before yeah, right in yeah, the middle yeah, of something yeah. like here's a super cool yeah. thing well let me get it okay, which of the campaigns I'm in is going to end soonest and let me sort right, of put yeah, my yeah. marker in for wanting to run this this yeah. entirely other thing. Um, but I think that the the good way, a good way to work that in what you're talking about, Jason, though, my less glib answer is this. Um, you talk about waiting for a good pause in the narrative of the ongoing campaign. And I think that in a well-run campaign, there aren't as many opportunities for that. Because I think that if I'm running an ongoing campaign, I'm less likely to have a, oh, and now I guess you guys just don't have anything to do until your contact gets back to you three months from now. That might happen. But you can take whatever the key action driver of the piece that you want to use is and make it one of the action drivers of your campaign. Oh, we need to get this part. Well, in the adventure that I've in my homebrew campaign, I'm like, all right, well, they want to go talk to this Yusoki mechanic in order to get this part. And maybe they got to, I don't know, you know, fight a couple of, uh, you know, mob guys who are trying to shake him down. And that's just it's a fight. And then they get their part. But if you've got something that's got a uh, a big, exciting race in it you know you pulled up redshift rally or something you're like oh well it turns out this person can't give you the part unless they win this race you know classic episode one star wars episode one uh interjection Mm -hmm. and then suddenly you're off on this whole other race that sort of it ties in so that i guess the idea is what's the key goal of the thing that you just found that you like and then maybe tie it in because some of those goals can be written very um broadly or they're easy to adjust if you had characters who at kind of the right level for um episode four of dawn of flame the one that i wrote the blind city which is this you know mysterious floating city in the middle of the sun that the characters are are investigating whatever they need to get is just in there somewhere and they otherwise find themselves in this space dungeon and maybe it's not in a sun maybe it is maybe but you know you keep the the theme of we're exploring this alien place to get a thing, you just change what the thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some easy ways, I think, to try to get enough of a 10,000 foot view of what you just got that you like and then yeah. stitch it in that way. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, you mentioned uh, Redshift Rally. And so a couple of things that I, I actually thought of uh, along these lines is, Oftentimes when you're putting together an adventure in the narrative, some of the things that are a little bit um, 
harder or more time consuming to put together are chases, right? Chase mm-hmm. scenes, starships, race, chases and races, because there's a lot of different dimensions that you have to put in. You have to put in the DCs, the effects of terrain or if it's water mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the rules for those, but that's not something you do a lot. So if you yeah. could just take something like that, where, oh, you know what? We need to have a chase here. Where's there a good adventure where I have a chase uh, between trains or between vehicles or multiple cars or on the water? All these things that have been put into other adventure paths and or uh, Starfinder scenarios. And if you can identify one of those and, and plop it in, that, that would be great. The other thing, and this is like for me, oftentimes the players want to go do something and I need an NPC in a locale, like a store, or I need, um, you know, a fighting arena. I need, I need a place with people populated. And so a lot of these adventures have those already pre-made. In fact, you know, in uh, Dawn of Flame, they actually have a whole codex in the back of places they can visit and things that can happen. Um, but independent of that, they also have stat blocks and descriptions and kind of what people are like. And so if you need something quickly, you can just grab one of those and say, oh, yeah, you go here and you just happen to do this. And these are the people you encounter and this is what they're like and this is how you motivate them, intimidate them or whatever. Yeah, and there's, and I don't think you need to worry too much if it just happens to be the wrong level. It's easy to make things uh, higher or lower level, higher or lower DCs. Um, I've been talking for years about the secret level base table that's right in the Starfinder rules. Uh, and I don't think that people, do I? I do. So have it. It is on page because, of course, I mean, I have the Starfinder core rulebook close to my heart. I always do. Um, <laughs> but the game mastering section where they talk about traps, there's a big right. table, table 1114 on page 412 in my Starfinder core book is the table on traps. And it lists for every CR the appropriate perception DC and disable DC for traps. That's actually a good spread of DCs for any skill anybody's going to be trying mm-hmm. in the game. It even has, mm-hmm. because it's all with traps, what's a reasonable amount of damage at this level? What's a reasonable save DC for this level? Uh, an attack modifier for something. So all these things are very useful when you're building traps, but they're also particularly useful when you're trying to convert something that might be a lower level to a higher level, you're like, oh, well, this was, I guess all the DCs for this chase are right around 20 to 25. That's the CR three to four range. My characters are eighth level. So I want to have in the 27 to 32 range. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds to me like I need to be adding seven to all the DCs. Off you go. Easy as that. Yeah. That table is generally probably like a skosh high. Uh, because uh, perce- you you don't want tra- we didn't want traps to be found. So the perception right. DC to find a trap is generally on the higher side of things for 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 levels, um, and and maybe also on the reflect on the safe side might be touch high too. Um, but there are I think and I won't correct me if I'm wrong. Of course, I think there is also a table in Starfinder Enhanced that is sort of like a for good for skill checks. Um, and, and oh. Uh, they, yeah, that was like written down. It was sort of a big thing, like, oh, let's write this down because somewhere along the lines, the DCs for tape for 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 check for skill checks was like 
a little wonky in some way. So this is the sort of newer right, version, right, the, right, the, right. Me, the best version of that. So um, definitely, I would say check that out. Oh, yeah. I have not seen that in Starfinder Enhanced because I get, you know, like a, I don't know, like a magpie with something shiny, right? Every time I open up Starfinder Enhanced, there's some like character option. I'm like, ooh, yeah, let yeah. me go read through this, right? That was. Yeah. But there's still some some GM stuff in Starfinder Enhanced, too, yeah. even if you're not, not a player. Um, that table, I think, is possibly repeated in, if you go to like um, Starship Operations Manual, Starship Chases. There's just a sort of a level-based DC chart in that, and I think that's the same set of numbers, or very mm-hmm. close to the same set of numbers. If you don't have, so they're everywhere. There's sort of like this. There's these hidden, these hidden level charts um, are um, everywhere. And of course, you know, if you look in the back of Alien Archive, there's a lot of for for creatures. If you're, uh, you know, we're talking about chases and DCs and skill checks and whatever. But you know, creatures can be different level. You can still take a, a Testari uh, that's normally whatever it is, CR three, and you need it to be CR seven. Just look at the numbers. You can figure out how to make the AC a little higher, right. the hit points a little higher, et cetera, et cetera. So to make it a make it a worthwhile challenge. Well, but yeah, I, and each I, of the monsters is one of three types, so they even tell you yeah. which table to look at in right. order exactly, to raise yeah. it appropriately. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It, same with uh, if you're doing NPCs, right? So that you have you have spellcasters versus you know, melee yeah, and stuff exactly. like that. Yeah, um, I, this is a question, and I'm not sure. Oh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about this, or if you're allowed to answer this. So I'll, I'll vague, I'll vague speak on this. Vague, um, vague ask. Yeah. So um, would there be some sort of spreadsheet maybe that one could use and plug in numbers for, you know, like a CR level for a certain thing that would help pop out this kind of stuff? Is something like that available? Um, maybe. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I mean, no. Paizo has um, internal tools for lots of things yeah. like that. Pathfinder 2nd Edition, there's a ton of internal tools for scaling yeah. things up and down that I got to play with. Can't play with it anymore. I'm not there. Uh, all my connections to their Google Drive disappeared when I left. Yeah, so it's... now I can't play with those <laughs> tools. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I, I guess that's kind of what I'm alluding to is I know that there's internal tools for Starfinder. Is there any sense that that kind of stuff could be made available outside? For simple um, things like that. I mean, that. we know because it's 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 the difference between the internal tools for say Pathfinder and the <clears throat> chunk of stuff in the um, game mastery guide and 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 I think in GM Core of how to build monsters. Those are the the how to build monsters is the is the sort of outward facing stuff, uh, right? And whereas the GM tools is a little more like some granularity, some more specific. Mm, things that you would do here and there to get it exactly right whereas the tools that we give to the public are close enough and, and are simpler so that they're easier to use right. so it right. wouldn't be the if it were ever something like that released it would probably not be the exact same thing and i can imagine right. that something like that will appear in whatever starfinder second edition's gm core is how to make right. monsters right um it's going to be a lot of the same advo- not a lot of the same advice but sort of uh, advice uh, uh, made for Starfinder that is similar to the advice in in in, in the Pathfinder stuff because it all is going to be the same math at any rate. Like, a lot of the numbers will be the same, but right. it'll be also be like, well, we're you're 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 running a Starfinder, uh, you're you're writing a Starfinder monster uh, for second edition Starfinder. Oh, you know, Starfinder guns do fire and cold, and the, the, the you know energy types are a little more easily accessible than in say Pathfinder. So you're going to want to keep that into account. That comes. Yeah. Well, there is a yeah, Starship Builder tool out there that's available that actually works mm. quite well. 
Um, I, there's it, a couple of them. Uh, yeah, some yeah. of them just really randomize the stuff in ways. I was playing around with one of those Starship Builder tools just to play around with it. And at first I'm like, why on earth is this giving me such a unusual and plainly randomized selection of components on this? But after I sort of hit refresh a couple of times, I realized, no, that's kind of the joy of it, right? To be yeah, what kind yeah. of totally wonky starship am I coming up with here that is like <laughs> bristling with weapons, but like totally lacking in armor. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a story about who put that particular starship together and all yeah. you got to do is make it up. Yeah. yeah. yeah it, so it'd be fun to see that for like uh, building NPCs and things like that. Monsters and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. There's, I mean, so like the, like number, like the exists, like the stuff in the back of alien archives and what, and, and whatnot, that all that, that exists. And there's nothing stopping anyone from making a spreadsheet that does that, right? Because right. it's all right. te technically SRD tile information. Sure. Well, one sure. of the one of the things about the internal tools, two things about the internal tools, where they're not, it's not like you know the, the company's trying to hide anything from anybody. Um, but there are a couple of situations. Any anybody who works with spreadsheets professionally has been familiar with the situation where you've got one spreadsheet that everybody's supposed to use and somebody in the course of improving it makes a slightly different spreadsheet that maybe breaks in slightly different lines. And suddenly you've got a couple of competing mm -hmm. spreadsheets and somebody's like, okay, no, 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 we're going to get back to one. And then they make what ends up being a third spreadsheet, right? Another <laughs> version of it. And so you end up with, with uh, slightly different things. And that's, that's a problem, right? We want to make sure that those internally aren't, you know, that you're sort of, people are seeing kind of the neatest presentation rather than kind of the sloppy presentation. Right. But right, there's also right, some right. elements of the rules that I don't want to say that people necessarily regret, but we know aren't ideal. Uh, thinking way, way back as a freelancer, I would get the Excel spreadsheet to build first edition Pathfinder monsters. Um, and you could click in that spreadsheet which feats you've given the monster, and then it would automatically update the other stats. It was actually quite clever, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I'm going to give you improved fortitude, and the fortitude save gets the plus two. But they'd have sometimes, like, occasionally snarky notes in there. I remember next to the feat channel smite was something <laughs> like, this is a terrible feat. Don't ever give anybody this feat ever, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's good. Uh, so... We've kind of gotten a little far afield for this, but uh, we have been talking about how to how to bring things in. Any thoughts on uh, Pathfinder, or I'm sorry, Starfinder Infinite, since there won't be as many, you know, kind of core books and things coming out for Starfinder till second edition is released. Um, what about trying to incorporate that into your, your game, your, either an adventure path you're running or even a homebrew or whatever? You mean just like finding something on Starfinder Infinite that you like and just using it? Yeah, and yeah, how? What's a good way to incorporate? Probably similar to what we talked about, but it, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's all of that. But one thing also, I think you should make sure that everyone is aware that it's necessarily not Paizo material, third party material. Maybe people don't care. You know, you got a group that's all you know having a good time. They may not matter. Like, oh, this adventure. Is, well, like not necessarily an adventure, but like they hear some monsters that I want to use that aren't necessarily their third party. Um, and uh, you know, the, all that stuff on there you know, is, is of a good quality. So you're not going to get like, Oh, this is totally worked and broken, but um, you know, it might not be, might not be a bad idea just to note it. Mm -hmm. Well, with Starfinder second edition, well, I mean, we'll see when it gets closer, what the, um, 
how it overlays, uh, what the differences are between Starfinder 2nd Edition and Pathfinder 2nd Edition. They've talked a lot about intercompatibility between the two, which opens up the entirety of Pathfinder 2nd Edition for yeah. stuff that you want to do for Starfinder. Sure. The fifth yeah. adventure of the um, uh, Strength of Thousands adventure path uh, at the at the risk of spoilers, has you go to Mars and engage in a speeder bike chase across Akaton, uh, and engage in a speeder bike chase across Akaton. I mean, that's if in fact those those rules might be entirely portable and to mm-hmm. from Pathfinder over to Starfinder in order to find something yeah. that you like and can run. I know someone is going to take and once you know second edition is fully fully out, take any. Pathfinder first edition or Pathfinder second edition adventure path and just be like here's how to run it in Starfinder second edition like they mm-hmm. like there's already stuff that's that's taking first edition Pathfinder stuff and how to convert it to Pathfinder second edition you know, and that's harder stuff. so yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and this is just way easy and it'll probably be also the same way around it'll be like here's the Starfinder first edition APs how do you make them into Starfinder se- uh, second edition mm-hmm. you know stuff so all that stuff is going to be out there and it's ripe for the, you know, if, and if you're the type of person who wants to make that kind of thing, well, get your t- finger typing fingers ready because you're going to have to get there and get there first. Uh, when everything <laughs> out of the game. Yeah. It's, yeah. I remember, uh, yeah. People talking about um, the, the release of uh, Starfinder or Pathfinder second edition and uh, some of the, the early writers, right. You know, so they, they kind of mm, knew what yeah. was coming and then they, you know, Based on some of the dev work they did, they kind of know where it went, and so they're trying to get out their own stuff right, you really could, quick. Yeah, yeah, you could kind of like prep some stuff, like yes. get an outline going, maybe because you yeah, kind of yeah. know where it's going, and yeah. then just sort of like when it's out, just plug all the right numbers in or whatever. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. There was a. I remember that there was a before the Infinite program came out, there was a sense about the employees participating in that, and people who were doing third party stuff, but not on the infinite program could like have ideas and outlining. And once they got all the details of the infinite program, then just kind of go with all the stuff they can use. Oh, suddenly I can actually right. set this on Akaton or on Verses, And I, right. you know, so they could kind of prep that. And those of us internally, even though we knew it was coming, they told us like, here's, here is the date at which other people can know this. You know, don't do any work until the date at which other people in the public mm. could know this, right? Oh, right? Otherwise, you've got an unfair advantage. And yeah. so I remember getting everything kind of without preparing any outlines or everything, anything, getting ready to do so. I'm like, all right, well, I just happen to be really busy with work at that time anyway and freelance. But I thought, all right, well, as soon as I can, as soon as they say I can go because the public knows, I'm going to go. And feeling like, okay, I have to hurry up and catch up to everybody by thinking about what I'm going to do and then getting an outline and then actually doing the writing. The situation now is that if Pathfinder 2nd Edition is a good predictor of Starfinder 2nd Edition, anybody can be doing that kind of prep work. Yeah, definitely. Well, it looks like uh, we actually have covered quite a bit of ground here and started to think about getting ready for second edition, which is kind of interesting. I didn't really think we were going to get in that direction. That's great. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm John. And I'm Ron. And I'm Jason. And this has been Digital Divination.